Thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. As we continue this series, I've heard a lot of testimonies about how God has been moving people along in their journey of faith. God's been challenging people. And so people have been stepping out, and and God's been helping people overcome fear and step into new territory. If you missed First Wednesday, which happened last Wednesday, if you missed it with Pastor Brady Boyd, you need to get a hold of that message. It's online. I didn't share with him at all the series that we were in and what I sensed God was doing at our church. I just said, I said, Brady, just come and share whatever's on your heart. And so he talked about fear and faith, and so which went right along with the series that we're in. So today. Today we're continuing this series of building your faith. And building your faith means that you're growing and you're trusting and believing in God. You're taking steps forward. And as you step out in faith, you are building a house of faith. Because living by faith isn't something that just happens. It's not something that, boom, you're going to touch one day. Or, you know, if I, if I read the right book and if I get the right fortune cookie at Heaven's Dragon, if I, you know, then I'll have faith or then God will, will confirm. No, 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 no. Building faith, living a life of faith is one decision after another decision of saying, God, I trust you and I take you at your word and I'm going to build my house of faith because I want to leave a legacy. I want my life to be something that in the wake of my life, it's like a, a wake on a water and on water that there's there's ripples from my life, and I want your life to be that as well, that, that people can follow, that there is a legacy that you leave for others. And I'll tell you this: I obey God today, today. I obey God because I saw my parents obey God. I obey God because I saw them believe in the promises of God. I saw them put God to the test. And I witnessed God's loving and caring hand. The reason why I give and I tithe today to the kingdom of God and to the church is because I saw my parents do this. I saw my parents put checks in the offering when I knew that I'm thinking, man, I I sure could use a new pair of basketball shoes. But they put it in there anyway. And I knew that they gave when they couldn't afford it. And I saw God faithfully meet their needs and my needs as a child in their home time and time again. And they left a legacy of building faith. And they left it in my life. So we want to build a faith family, but not just a faith family. We want a family that takes risk. I want you to turn to someone and ask him this question. When's the last time you took a risk? Go ahead and ask him right now. Now, you don't need to answer them, but I want that question to haunt you a little bit today. When's the last time you took a risk? When's the last time that that you sensed God asking you to believe Him for something and you did it even when you were scared? And so we want to be a family that takes God at His word. That we, and we do this, and every time we take God at His word, we are building this life of faith 
one log at a time, one decision at a time, believing one promise at a time. But the wonderful thing, and here's, here's the deal about this whole series, the wonderful thing about faith is that it takes faith, living by faith takes the results out of our hands and puts them into the hands of God. That's the wonderful thing. And, for, and so for many of us, we don't mind this at all. As long as we see the results we want to see in the time frame we think it should take for God to accomplish what we're believing for. We're okay with that. If God, if you will do it within my parameters, I will live by faith. My friend, that's not living by faith. In other words, most of the time we are in a hurry for God to do what we're asking him to do. Have you ever been in a hurry when God wasn't in a hurry? Have you ever, have you ever been that? Yeah, I've been there lots of times. One of the most difficult things in life, I believe this, is to sit in God's waiting room and to sit there. Now, for you doctors, God bless you, but there's something that I can't stand is to show up at an appointment on time and to sit in a waiting room. You know why? Because I'm an American, and I want when I want, what I want, when I want it. <laughs> it's the same way with our relationship with God. And God's waiting room is, is where there's something beyond your control that you can't speed up. You can't get an answer to prayer when you want it. You can't get the miracle. You can't get a change in the situation right now. And you want it to change, but it's totally out of your control. And you have to sit on your blessed assurance and wait. The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. says this. Everything is appropriate in its own time. But many cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. In other words, we don't know always what God is doing, and we don't know when he's going to do it. So, much of our lives we spend frustrated that God's not doing it the way we want him to do it. And we spend most of our time within this timetable, God's timetable, and that is what is called faith. Being able to stay within that timetable and trust God. So today we're going to look at how do you keep on believing and trusting while you are waiting on God. Because I know there are some of you here today that you are waiting on God to fulfill a promise he's given you. And you're sitting in God's waiting room. And so we're going to be looking at a character, or not a character, an individual who's a character in the Bible. His name is Abraham. And if any man had to wait, it was Abraham. And God gave him a promise that he'd have a baby who'd become, and that baby would become a great nation, which later would, will become the nation of Israel. But Abraham had to wait. Everyone say wait. Abraham had to wait. He had to wait a hundred years for that baby. That's a long time for a baby. And so what do you do while you're waiting on God? What do you do when, you, when, when God has told you something, he's spoken something to you, you're believing God for something? What do you do when you're waiting on God? 
You know, Paul writes about Abraham's journey, and then I'm gonna, we're going to get into this, but Paul writes about Abraham's journey. And this is going to be the, the really the, the foundation or the text of today. And he writes about it in Romans chapter 4. And he talks a little bit about Abraham's journey, which we're going to talk more about in just a second. He says, as, as, as it is written, and this is God speaking to Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father to, in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into begin into being things that were not. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. So shall your offspring be, and this is God speaking to Abraham, without weakening in his faith. In other words, Abraham did not weaken in his faith. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Now turn and tell someone your body. No, don't tell them that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's funny. That would have been funny. <laughs> but he knew that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. And that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith. And gave glory to God. Our faith is a journey. It is a journey. It is a process. It is different layers. There are stages. There are seasons. There are, there's all kinds of stuff we could say about the journey of faith. And life is a journey. And faith is a journey. And it's from this point of the journey that as we begin to walk it out, that we end up at destinations or at places or we have connections that we, we realize and we think this has nothing to do with the ultimate destination I'm going to. So how did I end up here on my journey of faith? And as we look into the life of Abraham, I'm going to look quickly at his journey. And I'm going to give these to you so you can take them home, you can read them. I actually thought about doing the whole message on this, but I, but I felt like I, I wanted to take it a step further. So I'm going to give you just the, the journey and what happens in the journey. And the first part of your journey of building your faith or the journey of living by faith is what is called the promise. And you have it there on your, on your notes. You need to write down just the promise. And so what is the promise in our journey of faith? This is something that God has put in your heart. Could be a need that you're believing God for. Could be a dream. Could be an ambition. Could be a goal. Something new that, you've never, that you never really believed for. Now you're going to start believing for it. Something starts to burn in your heart. It becomes alive in you and you think, you know what, I'm going to go after this. And so for Abraham, God began to give him the promise at the age of 75. God begins to do something new in Abraham's life. And God said this to Abraham in Genesis 12. He says, I will make you into a great nation. That's the promise. Now, I don't know what God has told you. I don't know what he's spoken to you. But I want you to start to think today about what is that promise that God's put in your heart. 
What is it that he said, you know what, I'm calling you to this. And, and you begin to see things as though they are not. You're, you're beginning to dream, whether it's for your children, for your marriage, for your finances. Maybe it's for the church, maybe it's for ministry, maybe it's for missions. Maybe it's for, for a career, maybe it's for college. I don't know what it is. But there's a promise. There's something in your heart that you think, I believe this is what God has spoken to me. And then the next stage or the next journey or the next part of the journey is the choice, which you have there. And you can write that down, the choice. And so there's the promise from God. Then there is the choice. And Abraham made a choice. And all of us are going to have to make a choice. In Genesis 12, 4, after God had promised him, it says this, so Abraham went as the Lord had told him. He made a choice, God, I'm going to go after what you've spoken to me. And the choice is when you decide to act on something that God has spoken to you. Without an action, now hear me for a second, without an action, your promise will never get any closer. It is a pipe dream. It is a, it, it is, it is a, it's, it's an illusion. Without a choice to follow after what God's spoken to you, it's nothing. And the choice is where you have to take a step of faith. Abraham had to leave his existing homeland to go to a place he had never been before. He had never heard of before. He had never, he'd never seen it, never heard of it, never stepped foot in it. So he took a risk. And when God puts something in your heart, I want you to hear me today, and says this, this is what I want to do in and through your life, there's going to have to come a point when you, when you have to make a decision, you have to make a choice, you have to say, okay, God, I'm going to go after whatever you want for me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the step. It's a movement towards what you believe God has spoken to you. And again, I'm going to give these to you, and I think I'm probably going to do a series on each one of these later down the road. But I want you to, it's a promise, then it's a choice. The next part of the journey is what's called the delay. Everyone say amen. The delay. This is what I'm going to be talking about mainly today. And this is really what God has placed in your heart this is the promise and your choice you're stepping out for your life, for your family, for your finances. You're starting to move things forward, your children. But all those promises for your career, all those things that you believe in your heart, I'm going to tell you something. They are never going to be fulfilled instantaneously. Won't happen. I know it's a bummer, but that's the truth. And when God gives you an idea of what he wants to do with your life, and when he actually fulfills it, there's always a time gap. There's always God spoke, a choice, and the delay. And because, here's, here's the reality, without this time gap, we would never grow. We would never press into God. We would never seek God. Most people, man, they jump ship during this one right here. They, they're like, I'm out of here. Eject button, boom, I'm out of here. They pull the, the lever, I'm gone. They leave. Because we don't do delays. Because things aren't moving fast enough for me. 
We don't do delays in marriage. No, I thought marriage was going to be this. It's not this. I'm out of here. See you. Boom, I'm gone. Happens all the time. Happens in churches. People come to a church. Oh, man, I like this church. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to the next church. And guess what happens when they get to that church? They love it for about six months, and boom, they're out of there. It happens all the time. That's just who we are. We're, we're, we're human. We don't like delays. And we are looking for the route of the quickest time. We're not engaged in the journey. We're not like, honey, isn't it great just to go on a drive? And one, we'll get there. No, no, we're like, why'd you turn there? The fastest way is this way. And that's what we're concerned about. So it's, it's the delay. But God wants to build. It's in the delay that God begins to build your faith. So here's the deal. Eleven years after God gave Abraham this promise of many children, he said, Abraham, look at the sky. Abraham walks out. He's like, yeah, awesome. He's like, you see all those stars? Yeah, I see them. I'm going to give you as many children as you see stars. Oh, that's great. Eleven years after that promise, no children. It's a delay. He's now 86 years old. And this is what we find in Scripture. After 11 years after the Scripture, Genesis 16, this is what it says. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, which later their name was changed to Abraham and Sarah, had borne him What? No children. <laughs> None. So do you know what happened in those 11 years from the promise up to this point? You know what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. Nothing. No glimpse of anything. He was just waiting on God. I know he was tempted, and we find in Scripture he was tempted. He was tempted to doubt. He was tempted to give up. He was tempted to take detours. Does this, does this remind you of anybody today? Tempted to, to throw in the towel. Tempted to find another way. Tempted to think God, God must be crazy. Tempted to think I'll get it my own way. Tempted to try something else. But God says, I don't think so. Abraham, you can flip and flop and buck and jerk and try whatever you want. It ain't going to happen until you do it my way. And God says, no, you're going to wait for the fulfillment of the promise that I have put in your heart. And it's going to happen in the way that I'm going to bring it about. So after the delay comes then the next one, the challenge. Now this is a journey of faith. And Cheryl and I have found this in our lives over and over and over again. The promise. Yes, God's speaking. The choice will follow the delay, uh-oh, what's happening, then the challenge. Not only, and the challenge is this, not only are you waiting, but while you wait, he lets you, because he's, he's God, he lets you have some problems. Isn't that great? <laughs> Someone says, thank you, Lord. You are such a faithful person, whoever said that. Be quiet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> During the challenge... Things seem to go from, 
from, listen, the promise, the, the, the choice, the delay, and then the challenge. Things to go, seem to go from bad to really bad to worse. And for, for, for Abraham, they were impossible. And so, here you go. Come on down the road a little further. At the age of 99, Abraham still didn't have a baby. Still didn't have a son. He's 99, and his wife is 89. Let me just tell you something. The spark had left their eyes. I don't know if they had to give themselves a pep talk to even try. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but something. Well, I don't, I, I don't know what that conversation was like. Well, what do you want to do? Well, God said. And Sarah's like, not now. Just give me a second. I don't, I, I don't know what happened. 99 and 89. And Abraham see that this is a challenge. Well, God spoke to him. He's in the challenge of the promise of kids. In Genesis 17, 17, it says this. And Abraham says this, will a son be born to a man 100 years old? Is this even possible? That's a serious challenge. Wouldn't you say that's a challenge? That's a challenge. But even in the challenge, at the age of 100 and his wife 90, guess what happens? The moon was just right one night. Abraham set a candle out. He made her dinner, and they had a baby. And they named him Isaac, which I love the meaning of Isaac's name. It means laughter. They were probably laughing that night. And they probably thought, how does this work? It's been so long. I don't, we don't know what to do. But anyway, let's try to have a baby. And they laughed about it, I'm sure. Everyone's really quiet. You're like, Jason, this is a little, I'm a little awkward right now. <laughs> You're like, I, can't, I cannot picture an 899 and 89-year-old. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Let's just be real. Come on. Not that real. Okay, so let's move on. So they named him Laughter. And they think, this is great, and they've got their baby. And Then comes the next part of the journey. It's called the Confusion. This is the confusion part. Because God said this, after everything led up to this, Genesis 22, God says this, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and sacrifice him. This makes no sense. Abraham was asked to give up this miracle child. God says, I want you to sacrifice him back to me. I mean, Abraham has waited a hundred years to get this baby. This child starts to grow up, and then God says, by the way, I want you to give the child back to me. Now, there's a backstory to this and what God was showing Abraham about himself. But, I, but God says, I want you to sacrifice him back to me. Abraham's thinking, what kind of God is this? Is, it, is this a cruel joke? He's asking me to sacrifice the very thing that he promised me, and he feels he's totally confused and, and, and hopeless and helpless. I don't understand and some of you are at this part of your journey today. This is where you are. You thought you had what God had promised. You thought you had the family. You thought you had everything sorted out. And now it seems like God's taking it away. It seems like God is, is asking you, and you're totally confused. Some of you are here. This is where you are in your marriage right now. You're totally confused. 
Are you here because you thought maybe you were going to get married and, and something didn't work out and you're totally confused? Are you confused when you look at your budget? Are you confused when you look at what's going on with your children? Are you confused when you look at your career and your friendships or your relationships or, or because of your health is falling apart and you're totally confused? And when you're at this place in the journey, you start to doubt God's wisdom. You start to get frustrated. You start to get negative. You start to doubt God's love. You start to say things like, why is this happening to me? This is out of control. And then you start thinking God's out of control. Now, here's the deal. Congratulations, because you're getting ready, because God is preparing you for the next stage of the journey. This is how we build our faith. And the next part of the journey is this thing called the provision. And I want you guys to take these. I really want you to apply this to your life. And Abraham obeys God. He takes Isaac up to the mountain to sacrifice him. Back to God, and then guess what? God shows up, and it's on the mountain that God says this in Genesis 22. He says this, do not lay a hand on the boy. He said, do not do anything to him. And it's at this point that God provided the sacrifice. And so here, here's the application to this. The more confusing, the more hopeless the situation, the greater the provision's going to be. I believe that for you. The more of a miracle it's going to be, the more that you're going to say, oh my gosh, wow, God. That was only God. Only God could have done that. So God's getting you ready for a miracle if this is you today. And that is the miracle of his provision. And God provided the blessing for Abraham's children to prosper. And God's provision was made for the promise. He made it for the promise. And everyone in this room, God's going to take you through this journey of faith many times. Many times in your life, he's going to do it again, he's going to do it again, he's going to keep growing your faith, you're going to help other people, the wake of your faith is going to help other people, and then he'll do it again, he'll keep growing you. In fact, everybody in this room, everybody is at one of these places in the journey today, and here's, the, here's, what's, here's what happens in every one of these places, whether it's, it's the promise, it's the choice, it's the delay, it's the challenge, or it's the, it, no matter what. There's one thing that's in common. Every one of these places, you have to wait. You have to have patience. So how do you keep building when you wait? And I want to give you some keys to this today. How do you build your faith while you wait for the next stage, while you wait for the next part of the journey? And number one is this, is you need to anchor your faith in God's ability, not yours. You need to anchor your faith in God's ability, not yours. Everyone faces situations that you cannot control. There are, you guys are facing things right now in your life that you can't control. You, you can't. But you must remember, it's not out of God's control. It does, you, it does us no good to rehearse Everything you can't fix, you can't control, you can't do anything about. It does you no good to do that. And that's what we tend to do. We sit around and we think, if I just keep rehearsing what I can't fix, maybe somehow I'll find out a way that I can fix it. And then we end up living in this, in this obsessive, compulsive, worrying and thinking and negative processing over and over and over and over again. 
But you need to anchor your faith to what God can do. Stop looking at what you can't do and start looking at what God can do. That's how you build your faith while you're waiting. Romans 4, 17. Remember, Paul was writing about Abraham. And he, Abraham, believed the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. So whatever you think is dead in your life, just start thinking about it for a moment. Whatever you think is dead, whatever you think is over, whatever you think is in the grave, whatever you think is done, whatever you think is, it's, it is, it's done, over, they've driven the last nail into the coffin, remember, God can make beauty from ashes. That God can make joy from your mourning and your deep sorrow. That God can bring light out of the midst of your darkness. God can bring life from death. Why? Because he is God. And that's his desire for you. You might think it's impossible. And, and it might be. You might think this is impossible, Jason. It's over, Jason. But I, I'll tell you, Jesus said something that's for you this morning. And I want you to hear it out of Luke 18. He said this. What is impossible with man is possible with God. Amen to that? That's what you need to remember. And the second thing that you do, and how do you build your faith while you wait? Number two, you need to remember the promises of God. And we've talked about this a lot through this series. Remember God's promises. Remember what God has spoken to you. Never doubt in the valley what God spoke to you on the mountaintop. Never doubt in the darkness what God spoke to you in the light. Remember the promises of God. And Paul, speaking about Abraham, says this, against all hope. In other words, when no one else had hope, Abraham, in hope, believed. And so became the father of many nations. Abraham's hope should have been gone. Should have been over. But something in him stayed true. What I love about his, his name, Abraham, it actually means father of many nations. And so just think, he had to introduce himself. Uh, what's your name? I'm the, my name is the father of many nations. How many kids do you have? Zero. <laughs> None. But Abraham didn't let that get to him. Against all hope. For Abraham, hope, it, it should not have existed. And here's the deal with hopelessness. And I just want to take a moment and share this with you. Hopelessness is one of the, it's, it's one of the greatest strategic emotions of the enemy. Hopelessness. Because once you are hopeless, you stop trying. You stop moving. You stop doing anything about it. You turn your brain off. You turn your emotions off. You turn your, your life off. You stop believing. You stop dreaming. You give up. This happens to Christians all the time. As you become hopeless, and it's, and it's deceptive, and the enemy comes in, and he begins to tell you, it's hopeless. There's no hope in your marriage. There's no hope for your children. There's no hope for your finances. There's no hope in my career. There's no hope for this dream that I have. There's no hope. It's over. And then we believe the lie, and then we start acting like there's no hope. And so we just, we're done. We're done. 
So what do you do when you feel hopeless about your situation? And here's what you do. You ask the question, what does God feel about this situation? Because you can't trust your emotions. What does God feel about this situation? What does God think? What does God say in his word? That's what you need to do. What does God say in his word about my children? What is God's plan for my life? What is God's plan for my marriage? What is God's plan for my church, for the people in my small group, for my future? What is God's dream? What is my dream that God's speaking to me about? Anchor your life into what God says, not off of what you feel. We must remember God's promises and reject hopelessness. Amen? Even when God said, give your promise back to me. God told Abraham, give your promise back to me. Abraham didn't panic. He didn't shake his fist at God and curse God and say, God, where are you? And I can't believe you. No. He trusted. Well, maybe God will raise him back to life. Maybe God will breathe life back into my son. And he said before he went up to the mountain, I'm going to come back down this mountain with my son. And he knew somehow God would provide. Because Hebrews 11 says this, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, he offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He still remembered God's promise. No matter how hopeless things looked, he still remembered it. And I don't know where you are today, but you may be in the greatest test of your life. You may feel like God is unfair. You might feel like God is, is going the wrong direction. You might be on the verge of giving in to hopelessness with whatever situation you're facing. I want you, uh, please hear me. Reject the emotion of hopelessness and remember God's promises. Reject the emotion of hopelessness. And lean into it and say, I'm not going to give in to hopelessness. I'm not going to do it. And another way that you build your faith while you wait is number three. You face your difficulties with faith, not denial. You face your difficulties with faith, not denial. While you're waiting, you face your difficulties with faith, not denial. In other words, you face your your situation with honesty, but you face it with faith. Paul was writing about Abraham again in Romans 4. He says this, without weakening in his faith, he faced the facts that his body was as good as dead. I love how the Bible doesn't mess around. It ain't working. And since he was about 100 years old, And that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. But was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Abraham faced the reality that he and his wife were beyond the years to have children. They knew it. He doesn't deny that fact. He doesn't walk around like some Christians today and say, nope, nope, I can have babies. Nope, everything's still working. Nope, her womb's not dead. Nope, I'm not dead. He didn't do that. He faced his difficulties with reality. It ain't working. She ain't working. But I still trust God. He faced them with 
faith. This is so crucial. It's crucial that you face your difficulty with faith and not denial. Not just for you, but for your own testimony. Because I'm telling you, we come across like crazy people sometimes. Crazy people. You can be sick, hurting. Nope, I'm not sick. And you're hacking up a lung. Uh, you're sick. I'm not, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to speak it. I'm not going to. Listen, Abraham faced the facts. We're dead. But he faced them with faith. That's the difference. So just for the testimony that we don't look like loonies, can we, can we, can we face the facts, but we face it? You know what? The doctor told me this, but I'm believing that God's going to meet me right where I am. God's going to do a miracle. You know what? My marriage is struggling, but I'm believing that God's going to come through and he's going to do something supernatural. You know what? I, I, we're really we're facing bankruptcy, but I'm believing that God's going to somehow take this, this, this terrible part of the journey, this delay, this waiting, and he's going to meet me right where I am. There's the difference. That's called building your faith, and it's called maturity. And that's what we are to do while we're waiting. Don't, you, you don't act like there's no difficulty. Faith doesn't ignore reality. Faith is not denial. Faith is acknowledging the difficulty ahead, but still moving forward and trusting God and not allowing the difficulty to dictate your next step or your emotions or your mind because you're going to anchor it in the promises of God. That is what faith is. And that's how you build faith. And the last one is this, how you build your faith while you're waiting. It's number four. You joyfully rest in the expectation of God coming through. You joyfully rest in the expectation of God coming through. God doing his work. Romans chapter 4 says this, speaking of Abraham, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. He rested in the goodness and the faithfulness of God. This takes what's called trust. For many of us, this trust, this is a good exercise of trust. And I want you to hear me for a moment today. I want you to hang tight. Because I believe God wants to do something supernatural today. This is a good exercise of trust. Is that you need to allow your two ears to hear your mouth say these four words. God, I trust you. Even if your flesh is screaming, I don't trust you. I don't see it. You want me to, I, I had the promise. Now there's, the, I took the choice. Then there was the, the challenge. There was the delay. There was the, wait, no, what's going on, God? Learn from Abraham that in the waiting, that you can say, God, I trust you. Silence your flesh by acting in faith. And saying with your mouth and letting your two ears hear it, God, I trust you. Some of you have never said these words before. 
You've never said them. You've never uttered them. You, you resisted. And the fact is this, as you build your faith, hear me for a moment, you build your faith in the midst of sickness, saying, God, I trust you. In the midst of questions, God, I trust you. In the midst of not knowing the outcome, God, I trust you. In the midst of someone slandering you and saying false things against you, God, I trust you. In the midst of things not being what you thought they were going to be, you say, God, I trust you. And joyfully resting in expectation that God will take care of things. Even if things don't go the way that you think they should go or the time in which they should go, or the destination in which you think it should be. To say, God, I trust you in the midst of the reality of a dead body, of a dead home, of a a dead whatever, a dead marriage. For Abraham, the promise, I can't have kids, and now you want me to sacrifice my kid. In the midst of all of that, Abraham said, God, I trust you. I want you to hear me for a moment. This is real faith. When you say, God, I trust you. Not living and so you're so heavenly minded, you're of no earthly good. That's not faith. Faith is acknowledging there's difficulties, but God, I trust you. That's building your faith. Strengthening one layer, put another layer, put another layer. That God, I'm going to trust you no matter what. You look at the, the patriarchs. The matriarchs of faith in Scripture, they trusted God through the most difficult of times. And you know what happened? God honored them. That is real faith. Of acknowledging, God, I'm going to stay the course. But here's the other part of acknowledging. Is that God, you have the power to deliver me. God, you have the power to do a miracle. God, you have the power to break through in my life. God, you have the power, and I'm going to trust you in that. It's elevating your faith that God is the God of breakthrough. God is the God of victory. God is the God who, who's, never, who's never met anything he could not overcome. That is our God that we serve, and we give our lives to him because he's worth giving our lives to. And I don't know where you are in your journey today. I don't know what you're facing, but what I do know is this, that God wants to meet you. He wants to lift your faith. He wants to, to meet your difficulty with His power today. He wants to meet your difficulty with His presence today. He wants to provide for you. He wants to meet you right where you are today. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.